your backs into it. We shall never tire and never break until we get what we deserve. Phew. I believe I have overseen this battle enough, and I dare say I deserve a little break. And what would be better than to regale you with one of my fabulous tales? The lay of virtuous acts and immutable, unshakable metal. I have returned. I have come back from the front lines of our battle against our monarch. And as a tired hero, I deserve the undying attention of my adoring fans. I am feeling so inspired by our current battle that my tale will be focused on just that. Of course, I, the undisputed hero, am tired. So, I shall request the pretty lady from afar to use my wand, dripping from battle to break through the veil, so we can all take a break listening to Ramble Shamble. Hello, people, ramblers, shamblers from all far reaches of the world, and welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble, our podcast where we like to talk about different points and topics that interest ourselves, but hopefully also interest you, because we want you guys to get involved with everything we do. And again, I have to drag him out of bed because he refused to leave the bed this morning. Jotun has joined us again. Say hi, Jotun. Hi. You see, guys, that's my sounds, that's my grouchy voice. He sounds so that's a grouchy upset. voice. Holy pepperoni! He, he, he woke <laughs> he woke me up at like twelve p.m. <laughs> oh, we had so much to do in editing. But as you guys probably have heard already, we joined by our third member, Jules. He's graced us with his presence once again. Hi, Jules. Yeah, hello. So, Jules, my name Jules. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you decided to join join us again on this fabulous adventure? Well, you see, I've been listening to this podcast for quite a while, and I decided you needed to make it a little bit in more interesting, you know? It wasn't quite living up to my standards of chaotic bullshit uh, poo. <laughs> we are truly you know, blessed. Try to keep it PG here. <laughs> you can call it a, a shugnet, okay? That's our word here. We ah, made yes, bullshugnet. Bullshugnet. There, there's another word. Uh, if you guys not have heard our Ramble Shrapnel episodes, you might be confused of our also our Stokula new word called Stokula, which I won't describe because you guys should go listen to the episode, Stokula. But uh, yes, guys, uh, <laughs> as you can see, we have three people in this episode. Your host is myself, Mackie, because I like to talk. But again, guys, if you want to be part of a podcast, you guys need to join our community. And there's so many different social medias. There's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter youtube that you can reach out to us and we'd love for you guys to a provide us with topic ideas b play with games with us share your artworks but maybe there'll be a time where you guys want to join us in one of the podcast episodes if you guys want to get your voice out there we have to collab and do different kinds of things but the best way to kind of reach out to us is to join our discord channel our discord channel is in the description you can find it on discord and one of the main goals for ramble shamble is to involve the community grow the community and its people that follow us and we like to call you guys Ram- ramble shamblers um <laughs> you guys can decide if that's a, a appropriate name or not but for now you guys are going to be ramble shamblers or the shamblers what do you think of the name jules since mm, you are typically I prefer a shambler. The, the shamblins like javelin ah except <laughs> yeah the ramble, the ramble, jam, uh, shamblins, or just the shamblins? No, the shamblins. Like it's like uh, if you think about um, people, the uh, hobo, uh, wow, hobos, the hobos <laughs> from the Shire. They maybe they should be called the Shirians or the Shirians, the Shirians. But yeah, we should be called the shamblins. Sh- sh- Shirians sounds legit, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, we should definitely get some sort of cool name that's not the same as what we are, but then also describes what we are, if that makes sense. <laughs> I need a little bit. Well, you heard it from a uh, listener today, Jules. Maybe he becomes a more official person later down the line. But yes, guys, and another important thing for you guys to provide us for fuel, for future ideas and different concepts is to also listen to our previous episodes and share your thoughts on the episode. Tell us where we could improve. Maybe you say, my voice was too deep. Then maybe the next episode, I pick, uh, edit the voice to make it nice and fine or different kinds of things. But mm, That sounds doesn't sound like something people would say. Well, well, we don't know. There might be weird people who really like high-speaking wow, males. some sort of high-pitched fetish. Wow. <laughs> There's ASMR, okay? I don't know. There's some weird people around you there. You ever heard ASMR that looks, sounds like that? <laughs> <laughs> we start a new trend here, okay? Stokula and Shagna, this is not a something that we did not start, okay? We start, a, we start new trends in this community. But these these comments also fuel for other episodes. Jotun? Yes. So we like to read your guys' comments and we select our favorite answers to the main episodes because we normally ask you guys some kind of question relating to the main topic. Um, and again, we choose our favorite answers that you guys provide us and we roll out a ball of yarn about it and just give our opinion about it. We don't, it's totally unprepared. We don't do any research. It's just so that we can like include you guys because we want to and sometimes we also like to be a little bit tested by something that we're not actually too knowledgeable about and for that reason we guys need your guys input it doesn't matter what platform you answer on either it can be discord or it can be youtube or i believe that you can comment on rumble as well but yes we need your guys input because our lives aren't rich enough apparently clearly yeah. Greatly put, Jotun, greatly put. So I'm going to spice it up rather than speaking to about each other's days and stuff, which we've done plenty in many episodes. And people are probably so sick and tired of hearing our talks about social medias, which we'll continue until maybe you guys start telling other people and then we'll start telling you, you guys. But again, guys, we want to grow our community. But I felt like it feels right right now to kind of discuss why, why did we make Ramble Shamble? Because I know there's a few podcasts out there. Maybe we inspire them to start their own little podcast. Which, again, I, myself and Jotun would love to collab with them. Just kind of grow our communities together if that is an uh, option. But uh, I, thought, I thought it was just right. And since we got a, a listener here, I think it would be a great point of view. Jules, I'm not sure. You probably maybe had this across, come across your mind not once or twice before. But did you ever think why did we decide to make a podcast channel? called Ramble Shamble. Hmm, you know, now that you mention it, Mackie, I haven't really had it as an active thought, but in passing, I may have developed a few theories, you know, in the subconscious part of the brain and the mind. <laughs> I picture and you so with like these if, glasses if, and science quotes and everything that like, crypto reading does. <laughs> if you would allow me, good sir, I would like to share some of these theories with you, perchance. Yes, please do. Perchance, perchance, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Right, so, I have a few theories. Like, number one. So, theory number one goes like this. I think you guys are just really, really bored. You guys have thought, well, you know what would be kind of nice to spice up our mundane or prosaic lives? Let's just create a podcast and let's use some of our ideas to maybe influence the minds of young readers and listeners out there. And so my second theory is that you guys are slightly insane. <laughs> and so you are using this as a way to remember and to refresh your brains as to what you actually used to sound like as normal sane people. <laughs> and my third theory is that you're slightly narcissistic. and Because, I mean, who in their right mind would just be like, you know what, these ideas are fantastic. Let's create an, a platform whereby we can share these ideas. But, you know, I'm just me. I'm just the, the, the layman. <laughs> okay, Jotun, feel free to tell them the truth. Tell them that we are our hidden dirty secrets and closets that we must now pry open with our bare hands. Yeah, so it actually happened that Mackie and I were hiking, uh, which is one of our favorite pastimes together because we just love getting out in nature. And then, as usual, we were just talking about a bunch of random things 
And I believe we were, what were we talking about? We were talking about solving the energy crisis. <laughs> actually, creating a perpetual motion machine so that we could basically tie something. No, okay. that would only be a, like a moving one or a kinetic one. But we were trying to think of a way to create perpetual energy by having a perpetual motion machine that actually has a net positive effect regardless of how small it is, because you can chain a lot of perpetual motion machines together to have a bigger output or use some other kind of mechanical way to increase the output, if only you can make sure that it has a net positive gain. And so we were talking about it. I was saying it's possible. Mackie was saying it's impossible because of like the law of, like the second law of thermodynamics and stupid stuff <laughs> like that or whatever. And I disagreed. And so we just like talked about it for a while. But yeah, that's how it started. And then that sparked the interest where I suggested that, you know, what we're talking about is entertaining enough and educational enough that perhaps other people who also want to listen to this would join us and provide their inputs, provide their understandings of things. And we wanted to make it fun. Like I'd, when, we, when I suggested the podcast and... Jotun immediately said, yeah, this is something we should go for. I said, we should make it different from the typical podcast because like Jules said, we could be not narcissistic. We, we want to put our voices out there, stand out from the rest of the crowd, make sure that we are number one. But that was not that was not the goal of Ramosham. The goal was to that share... Was my our... goal. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <narcissist>. <laughs> Big time. That's why we love to hear you speak. But the main goal for Ramble Shamble was to get the users' involvement in it, Growers, uh, have them challenge our ideas, and in a way, after challenge each other's, grow as individuals. Because especially during po post-COVID times or during COVID times, we just started being more isolated, which is expected because we were told to isolate for so long. But this was a way for my my opinion and i'm sure you shares the same ideals to reach out to different peoples of different cultures different backgrounds and bring these ideas to challenge each other in a in a friendly way like again you might not change the other person's mind and that's perfectly acceptable but you will learn to understand things in different ways like how jules has described before in an episode before while listening to some of our episodes he feels like he's learning stuff and that's something that we really enjoy that you guys can hear two random random people one a historian one an engineer bring topic and ideas that you probably wouldn't think about on the casual basis and ramble shamble gives us that medium for you guys to reach out to us to share your ideas and to get our voices out there and i thought we thought ramble shamble was just the ideal way to ex express our love for philosophy and everything around this beautiful world filled with so many ideas and topics that we are yet to cover. <laughs> I hope that shed some light for you, Jules. <laughs> it actually did. It allowed me to see a little bit into more or less the people that you are, actually. Uh, podcasts, the way you speak to each other and the way that you interact with each other says a lot about people and the way that they treat others. And so it does tell me, obviously the amount of narcissist thing was just a theory. And so I'm not convinced that you guys <laughs> in, are narcissists. In my case, it, it actually is correct. I oh, okay. I was correct. Fantastic, right. I'm glad, like, glad I'm right about one thing in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, gl I'm glad that you mentioned the whole uh, COVID thing because like you say, people have become increasingly more isolated. And so growth has been slightly more stunted and uh, slightly more regressive. Because as people, we need other people. Uh, depending, it does not matter who you are. At some point in your life, you will need another person. It doesn't matter how independent you are. It doesn't matter if you're literally a, a hermit. Although hermits, I think, are a special case. Because <laughs> uh, they literally have like a shell. I'm not talking... Wait, that's a crab. Never mind. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I mean. So, no, no, no. Hermits have shells too. I know they have, but wait, what? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> Hermit crabs, you know those? <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. Hermit crabs, not hermits. Hermits. Good God. Okay. No, no, hermits too. You know Master Herm Roshi. Okay, maybe like a, a crab of dust or like dirt or something. Jeez. <laughs> but yes, so now with the emotional side out of the way, let's get to the interesting side. So guys, if you 
if you've probably seen the topic title, you now know that this is the best media battles or best wars. And listener, if you're not quite interested in this episode, don't feel like you're forced to listen to this, but feel free to listen to another topic that m- might interest you. But try listening to it initially. See if you maybe like it, because I'm sure that there'll be some parts of it that you enjoy. But feel free to listen to another episode or listen to our smaller channel, Ramble Shrapnel, which is just a kind of get you into the a world of Ramble Shramble. But yes, so I thought of this topic. And I, again, guys, I expect by guys, I mean you, Jotun and Jules, I expect you guys to trump my idea. But if your ideas are so bad that my idea beats you because the audience thinks that, hey, Mackie brought it to the table, then don't blame me as the host that if I somehow am the winner. But the, how this goes is that myself is more like a judge. I will judge Jules and Jotun's side of the, the, the debate. And what I feel, I will say that is the winner in my opinion. But then the audience gets to decide on all three of us. So, again, I'm going to just put something on the table here so you guys have something to work to try overcome and then overcome each other as well. So it'll be a nice little battle while I have some popcorn and watching from the sidelines mm. and poking holes oh, in like both sides. you like to watch sides. us fight each other. Yes. Mm. Fight for my amusement. <laughs> wow, rude. But, yes, let's go. So my, my best media battle slash war. So it started with a simple man with a big dream to sell explosives to the the army and become billionaire rich. But then all of a sudden, everything goes wrong and shrapnel gets stuck in his heart and he has to put in this big glowing orb in his heart to repel the shrapnel from entering his heart. But then he finds that his mechanical suit can be powered by this magical thing. Going many years, going building characters and all kinds of things. This big team decides to fight to save the whole not just the world but the whole universe so that's how big this war is it was battle for the whole universe where they had to fight a big purple man not barney guys don't think barney but a big purple man pepperoni (laughs) a big a big purple man who wanted to get these magical stones and then with a simple click of his fingers half the universe would be cleared and his main goal for decimating half the population of the entire universe, not just humans, aliens is included, the whole half the universe was because he believed, he truly believed that there was not enough resources to sustain for the population of the entire universe. There was two over one, and that was not the right. He believed that he needed to wipe half the universe to kind of bring the balance down, to bring balance to the universe, and he was soul-driven to it. He accomplished his dream, but then this is where the second part of it. But uh, you guys will probably guess the movie at this stage. Jotun, what, what, what movie am I talking about? You are talking about two movies. Uh, <laughs> Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Now, Inf- Infinity War was a very interesting one. I liked it. It was a lot of fun and having all the different guys, uh, different scenarios of them exploring different parts of the of the same universe, trying to fight Thanos and his goons from getting all the stones provided to the tyrant Thanos. And having the end where he actually won was a very good cliffhanger. I remember my family hated that ending. They thought, what, why, why would they have such an evil and sad and depressing ending? And I thought, like, well, this part won and it makes, part, it makes a proper sense. Like, leave it off a cliffhanger that, like, whoa, half the universe has got white. <laughs> and I was like actually applaud for that because it was actually something that I didn't expect to happen but then the second part came out and I was less impressed it was not a bad movie it wasn't a bad war but besides having one of the tropes that I despise being time travel if you guys have not listened to the other episodes where I mentioned that I hate time travel in media it is also how they handle it I felt that Maybe because there was just too many people on the on the big screen that really spoke out, and they couldn't quite decide who to focus on because everyone had to play a big role. They had to have Miss Marvel and the League of Ladies break, uh, proving that they can keep this magical <laughs> f- uh, wow. sixth stone away from Thanos and his glove, and has keep it away from his goons. So they played keep away, and um, but they also they, they had Hulk, which was. Not as much Hulk battling as I would that many people would like to see, 
Yes, you I could, grew. I could, I could, I could feel the ire dripping from your lips when you said "League of Ladies." <laughs> well, they they focused. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> they focused on it because they had a whole scene where they had like a zoom out, just like, "Can we help me get the stone away to that uh, to the pin particle portal machine?" And says, "Don't worry, we can do it." And only ladies lined up. Not Black Panther. Not Thor, not Captain America with his big glowing hammer. No, it was just the ladies, and they all had to show that they can too destroy. Oh, they did do a very good job. I will say that. But but Miss Marvel basically destroyed uh, destroyed everything. I don't know why they didn't let her just take on Thanos from the, from the get go. Like only when yeah, Nick she was crushed him, honestly. <laughs> like only Nick decided like, huh, I will call Miss Marvel with my old uh, what is that thing called? Um, that he. That he called Miss Marvel on um, a pager. Pager, that's it. And he only decided to pull that out when he was half disappearing. Not by the fact of, hey, I know that Captain America, Iron Man, are all fighting this big alien invasion. I'm not going to call Miss Marvel for this. I don't think it's deemed worthy for her. It's like no. <laughs> so I'll call Miss Marvel the big guns to kind of do it, but. I think that's maybe because she was just so overpowered that she like the whole movie would be over. But yeah, that that's my topic that I have brought to the table. Again, I expect Yotan and Jules to trump this idea. I've set a bar, not a very high bar. I think it's an acceptably high bar. But I'll, I would love you to to bring whatever to the table and fight for my amusement. So who's going first? Uh, since I am not on a senior level in terms of time spent on this podcast, I will cede the starting position to Jotun. So I'll give Jules a bonus points for that, so very gracious of him to cede over, so you get a two points there, fiddling. Uh, sure there's a sound effect for that. But go ahead, Jotun. Take the lead. Okay, so this topic, or not this topic, but this battle comes from one of my favorite, just absolutely, probably my favorite thing in the world apart from folklore and mythology in general. And that is basically anything that has to do with Middle Earth, Middle Earth or the Tolkien, um, what do they call it, legendarium. And just, I mean, that guy's mind was just truly ridiculous. It was on a different level. Do you guys know why he actually did everything to do with Middle Earth? Like why he created Middle Earth as a concept and why he created the story specifically. Uh, no, not particularly, but please enlighten us. Uh, yes, please do, do. Please do. So actually, because Tolkien was a linguist and a philologist, a philologist is someone who studies ancient languages. He wrote languages himself that he based off of Finnish. And he, a lot of people would probably assume that he wrote languages inside of Middle Earth because he wanted to establish languages for Middle Earth. But actually, he created Middle Earth to give a context in which the languages that he had already created were to take place, or wow. to give context to the languages rather than the other way around. But anyway... Um, and then he wrote stories I'm, about people with big feet, hairy feet to save the, save the whole realm of, from a man who wants his ring back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You have my wedding ring. I want it back. <laughs> okay. But I could talk about Middle Earth for hours. So I'm just going to rein it in over here and say that my battle for today is the battle for Helm's Deep inside specifically the movie The Two Towers by Peter Jackson. And I just, I just love this battle. It's like almost 40 minutes long. Uh, yeah, almost 40 minutes long, encapsulating the most amazing story of basically an underdog taking down a bigger foe who, you know, it's, it's the general theme of David and Goliath. And it's got this philosophy, geez, it's one of the most amazing philosophies ever. And that's that there is hope in like the most unlikely places. And because of that, you know, there's hope for everyone, really. And, geez, I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it. It's, <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a deep story. I mean, yeah. But anyway, 
So that's a little bit about the theme and the philosophy of the Battle of Helm's Deep. Because it's a smaller scale of what's going on in, in the greater story of the War of the Ring in any case. Because there you have, again, David versus Goliath, Frodo and the Fellowship versus this titanic force of Sauron. So it's not completely the Titanomachia where the gods were fighting the Titans in ancient Greece. But it's, it's the story of a titanic force trying to take down the little guy. And that's something that everybody can empathize with. But anyway, in Helm's Deep, there are so many amazing moments as well. There's like a cool blend of survival with glory where you've got like just 300 absolute chuckle fucks who are the old and the children and the weak of Rohan who are inside this fortress because all the actual warriors of Rohan are gone. They're with um, Eomir somewhere, like just running gracefully along fields for all we know. Um, <laughs> but all they have are 300 of the weakest people inside of Rohan against 10,000 Urukai. And these Urukai are a type of orc that hasn't even been encountered, any, encountered before. They're basically bugbears from Dungeons and Dragons because they're these buff, burly orcs instead of the riffraff goblins from the Misty Mountains and the kind of smarter, like devious kind of orcs that come from Mordor. No, these guys are just absolute powerhouses. There's a reason why they got the Maori from New Zealand to act as them. Um, but yeah, so it's like there's very little hope. And in fact, that leads to another amazing moment or two amazing moments inside of the sequence in the film where Legolas and Gimli are looking at the battlefield and they're absolutely disheartened, dis disheartened because um, they talk about the people of Rohan, those 300 people seeing either too few winters, so the children, or too many winters, like old people. And you know, that's not, that's, those aren't the type of people you want in your army, my friend. You want the people in their prime. No, definitely not. And so Legolas remarks on, and says in Alvish to, or he remarks on how bad the skill sets of the defenders are, and also how the odds are so against them. And then Aragorn recognizes this, and because he's such an amazing leader, he, he actually gets angry at Legolas and tells them, well, if it is the fate of the Rohirrim to die here, well, they're not technically the Rohirrim because they're not the warriors, but he says, if it is their fate, then I'm going to die as one of them. And that's such a deep moment <laughs> because all the people are around them, all the, all, the weak, all the weaklings that have no skills are watching this happen. They don't know exactly what Legolas said, but to hear this king of Gondor, this absolute like warrior say that he'll die with them if that's what's needed, it's such a deep moment. And then later in the story, it's again Aragorn coming to the to the rescue where he notices a young guy, like a, basically a child. Um, and he, this child is looking unsure and trepidatious. And Aragorn decides to go talk to him because he seems he seems scared. And why wouldn't he be? He's a, he's a child in this battle where it's the, the odds are like 30 to 1. And this kid called Haleth, son of Hammer, um, eventually does die with, with the, I think he does die eventually, but he confesses to Aragorn that he heard some of the other people saying that all hope is lost and how can they beat these odds. And then Aragorn like puts his hand on his shoulder and tells them that this is your weapon and you still have it with you. And then he says, there is always hope. And that is just, that's such a deep moment, um, which is true. And sorry, I, I will say one of the coolest part of that whole battle was the start of it, where you have these hordes of Urix all like chanting at this war. And then everyone's like freaking out, putting their bows as far back. And then you zoom into this old guy struggling his heart out, trying to hold this tight string, trying to not let go, not let go, not let go. And then he just lets go. <laughs> Yeah, Damn, well, that's, that's, that's actually another <laughs> reason why... <laughs> huh, 
that's actually not, I'll, I'll get back to my prepared things, but um, that's actually another reason why The Two Towers as a film is such a great cinematic masterpiece and why I don't think it can be beaten in terms of, in terms of film battles and especially fantasy film battles is because it established so many tropes in filmmaking now and especially inside like a medieval or a fantasy context. And what you named is, is, is one of them. There's always someone who doesn't listen to the orders and decides to shoot the first arrow. No, he was listening to the orders. <laughs> Every time I, I see that in a movie nowadays, I think like they're copying the Lord of the Rings, you know? Yes, these people, <laughs> they, they are no original ideas. No, but, but uh, yeah, I agree, agree with that. But that old man, he couldn't hold the arrow. He was struggling to hold the arrow because he was holding it tight and his arms were just giving way because he's so damn old in that, and he had to battle these jerks that he just let go because he couldn't hold it any longer. <laughs> yeah. But it goes to show again, it's like the people that you don't want fighting for you that they were left with. Yeah, very much so. But there, there's some other awesome moments like where King Theoden rides out with the people that can still ride. And he's like, well, if I'm going to die, then I'm going to go out like in a blaze of glory. Um, there's that awesome moment where he, well, yeah, that one where he musters everyone. And then there's also the bottleneck where Aragorn and his friends jump onto the bridge and basically just hack apart people as long as possible. But another amazing aspect of this movie is that because it, it actually shows an example of how siege warfare would have happened inside of or like in medieval times because you've got normally a smaller force inside of a fortress and a massive force that's able to completely surround the fortress and besiege them well granted in real life there would be um that's not normally how a siege would play out normally you they, they just camp there until the defenders starve basically, yeah. because they make sure that there's no supply of food and drink and whatever else is needed into the city. But it also shows like the actual ways that fortifications would be set up, because you would make dead sure that there's only one point of entry into the place, and that, well, you would try to make a supply route of somehow. But Mackie, another part of siege warfare that you would be interested in as an engineer is the fact that they got the one Uruk to blow up a section of the wall. I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> actually, um, like the people who would do that kind of stuff were actually military engineers called sappers. And their job was to either burrow under a wall and weaken the foundation underneath the wall to get it to collapse, or like in this case, just blow the shit out of the wall so that everything can roll smoothly for their army as well. Because as soon as there's like a weak link in that defense, then it's tickets for the defenders. But but yeah, um, my absolute favorite moment, and this is what it's all about, and what Tolkien was getting through to uh, getting through towards with all the themes and the stories was there is always hope. And Aragorn knew that if he could just wait for dawn on the third day, then, kind of told him. <laughs> exactly, then they would be saved. And that moment where Gandalf comes on Shadowfax with oh, the actual Rohirrim behind him is the best. Like, yeah. man, that, that moment is so... It's, it's captivating. Like, you, you just want to get lost in the story because of that. And, <laughs> yeah. But there's actually a big downside about the movie that the books had that the movies didn't. And that's, that's the Ents, or basically half Ents from the stories, end up fighting in the Battle of Helm's Deep as well. In the, sto in, in the book, it's called, they're called Horns. And they're like, those are trees that are less tree-like but they're not completely shepherds of the forest. And so you've got basically these grunts of the Ents that come and help take out the orcs as well inside of the books. That's and that's, cool. that is a little bit of mispotential from the movie, 
But yeah. Well, they were, they, they were working on quite a large budget already. I think they were at one point saying, okay, guys, as much as we want to be as faithful as possible to this dictionary of a book, we have to cut corners. We don't have the supplies. <laughs> this, this tome of knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, that's my nomination. The Battle of Helm's Deep. I like it. You gave a lot of interesting info. Um, so I'll give you a good, good seven points. Good seven points. Uh, it brings you to a good, good, good score. Good, 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 good score. Good seven. You know, you liked seven from the last episode. So yeah, good seven. Um, but good God, Jules. Now we've heard his side of the story. Let's hear your nomination. Your contender to battle against Helm's Deep. Right. So my contender does not necessarily have an orthodox uh, part here, but it nonetheless has many relevant themes and ideas that are applicable to everyday life. And it is not orthodox in the sense that it doesn't actually happen, A, on land, and B, it isn't really a war. So the okay. battle I'm going for is... So basic. So basically, it has nothing to do with the topic of today. Is that? What oh yes, it does. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a battle between Davy Jones and the crew of the Black Pearl. Oh, Ooh. well done. That was going to be one of my decisions to go for. So I'm glad you mentioned this. So I didn't do any. I have no idea what you're going to talk about. I actually am a bit rusty on that movie. So please go ahead, Jules. I'm excited for this. So I have not seen this movie in approximately ten years. But wow. Everything in that movie is literally mind-blowing. From the cinematics to the fact that they are literally fighting around a vortex. <laughs> um, they're just Okay, so the first thing I want to say is that, number one, the actual full scale of their battle is insane. The fact that Calypso is fucking, like, in the... Bo- oh, jeez, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, um, so, Oh, I can. That's fantastic, right. So the fact that she's in the depths over there causing shit because she just hates Davy Jones so much that literally she's willing to... Because she, he broke her heart. Um, he, he basically manipulated her. And so she hates him so much that she's willing to basically create a one hell of a typhoon, if you will. Although I'm not entirely sure if a typhoon is correct in that sense. But she creates a typhoon and they the ships are literally... They are... Maelstrom. Para- oh, that would actually be a fantastic word there. Maelstrom. <laughs> and so these ships are opposite each other in this Mursa Maelstrom. And they are attempting to fight each other to the death, basically. So these guys are swinging over this massive hole in the water. Uh. And so the cinematics in that movie are just insane. So, And then on the opposite end of that, so you have this large-scale bullshit going on. <laughs> and so on the, other, on the other end, you have these intimate moments where literally there was a marriage that happened on that boat <laughs> between Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. They literally got married on a boat during a war. In which there was flipping, like, all this nonsense happening. I mean, can you really say anything about... Love Love is just eternal, I think. And that movie just encompasses love in a nutshell. And so that's my second point. My third point, I think, would probably be the fact that... So the fact that now also they're getting married. There's love. There's fantastic b- uh, bullshittery. There's also the fact that Davy Jones's heart is now also in a box. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And now literally Jack Sparrow is like... What do I do? Well, how how do I save my friend, but also also like um, also make sure that the enemy of my boat is destroyed? And he comes he comes up with this creative problem-solving nonsense that you've never ever seen before. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna kill this boy, but the the, the boat always needs a fucking whatever what you call it, a it fucking uh, captain. captain. It needs a captain. And so like, well, it's just I don't know. It just for me that that it, I wasn't even um, planning on going with that. I was actually going to go for the one that you mentioned earlier, where because that um, that battle actually gave me goosebumps uh, when the one by um, at the end of Endgame where they're all coming in from portals from God knows where. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that was also pretty insane, and so that was the one I was going to originally choose. But the second one, the one that popped into my mind immediately after you went, you know what? Well, that was that one. Because that had so much impact at that stage. I think I probably watched it when I was like maybe 15, 16. Oh, it was a very sure. turbulent time. All, all of us going through puberty. Not quite sure what's <laughs> going on in terms of anything. You know, it's just happy times in life. Okay, so that, that's interesting. So, Jotun, do you have any holes to poke? But before that, let me poke some holes in your one. So, I really like the Battle of Helm's Deep. Um, 
you gave a lot of law about uh, Lord of the Rings and their like whole mission and objective. But there were some parts where in the battle it felt like don't get me wrong, the battle was epic. Now and Gandalf coming to save the day, they've done it in pretty much every movie. Um, <laughs> coming, uh, all hope is lost until the savior comes over the hill, bright shining light to save it. But they do, they direct that brilliantly. I will not deny that. But in certain ways, like they were winning the battle, and that Yurik that blows, ends up doing a kamikaze to kind of blow up the wall. I just remember that scene very distinctively, and you see Legolas plow three arrows, and I'm sure Legolas with the power as cool as he is, because he, in that in that particular battle, he rides downstairs on a shield as cool as a dude like surfing. Now everyone wants us to do that. He like resets some high standards for archery, but. How he plows this same Yurik, <laughs> <laughs> but he plows this Yurik three. T- I think it was about three arrows, and this Yurik was like determined. He was like shoving these arrows that were like flying at like Mark One or something like that. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure Legolas, with his keen eye and shooting distance, he will be able to hit that kind of target. Um, why do you think that he would still be- that Yurik was still able to blow up that wall? Why wouldn't he just like fly back a little bit and? lay down the gr- ground because now he's got three arrows in like fatal areas but he's still able to push are you asking me why different people are different no i'm asking you that in realistic terms why would do you think it's realistic in terms that a uh, europe being plowed by this professional archer elf archer and still able to push through to blowing himself up along with the wall so i don't i think in like real battle he would be downed he he plows he shoots arrows at so many Yuriks one shot they're down. This one Yurik now is so buffed up and jacked up now three arrows. No, he needs five arrows to go down. My only my only answer for you is different people are different. Some people <laughs> some people would probably have gone down if they stubbed their toe or something. Other people are just so hardy that they can take a lot of pain. And what nobody actually come to think of it, nobody explained like Uruk physiology to us. For all we know, he's got like four lungs or two hearts <laughs> or something. And so you take down the nut, you take down one and he's basically Zoidberg that can keep going and keep talking to you. We don't know what's going on inside of their bodies. I just think it's, it's just convenient that's like, oh crap, uh, Legolas who's generally always aims for the head of every Uruk and almost guaranteed to hit his mark now conveniently hits the target in the chest because for some reason he now can't hit the head anymore conveniently can't kill the one Yurik that they he so desperately needs to kill to from blowing up the wall <laughs> like i think what it would have been like better in that battle is that that Yurik falls down they say yeah we did it and then another Yurik just picks up the flaming torch and throws it in there and then says hooray blows up the wall that's more realistic to me but <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that you you always just get certain people that are able to resist pain a lot better. Yeah, it it depends. It depends really. You can be there are a few places on your body where you can get shot and won't get killed, and there are a few places where you get shot and you absolutely will get killed. Um, but that that Uruk was already on the move, and it was bloody determined. So it was <laughs> going for its goal. Um, I'm not I'm denying pretty sure that. They, they wouldn't have chosen an Uruk that, like, you know, isn't a good runner or something. No, but I agree with that. But, like, it's just it's so convenient that now Legolas can't hit this Uruk in the face to kind of down him once. But, yes, now back to Jules' one. Jules, I love your mm. idea. I love that battle of chaoticness because there's so much happening in that one battle between Davy Jones. Precisely. And I love the whole fact of like Jack having to do that, and I love how you reminded me. Mm. However, yeah, a lot of things. It was a very oh, okay. Sorry, I yeah. know. Go, like, go for it. Go for it. Please I was go ahead. Say, it's a very old movie, and a lot of a lot of the times we only ever really remember really old movies, like from mm. the 1900s. And so sometimes we forget that the 2000s and the 2010s were right here. I mean, <laughs> let's not get us. Let's not kid ourselves. But yeah, you can continue with your, what you were going to say. However, so I, I just like your opinion and like making this turn into a positive thing, then I'll be able to give like my good determination. So they spend most of that movie kind of 
convincing the different pirate lords to rally up with them because now Davy Jones is now working with the or well, he's working for the Brits and now he's ruining the sea the the life of pirates is coming to an end so Elizabeth Swan convinces all the pirates to follow her lead to battle this tyrant and then we have them all converge to one spot only for the Black Pearl and Davy Jones ship to do most of the battling and these other pirates to kind of sit back and watch from a distance, not really engaging. That is true, yeah. And I felt like that's the only, that's like the biggest downfall for me was that you brought so much to the table, but you used four pieces to do what you wanted to show. And then con- concluded that the battle was not won. I'm like, but what about the other ships? They like rallied their forces, got all their resources ready to fight in this one last battle, and it's come to an end. Uh, so what exactly would you like me to comment on in this stage? <laughs> yeah, you see, you see, and in the Battle of Helm's Deep, everybody was there, and they were, or, or rather, everybody who was there was actually used in the battle. The battle, of, ta- the battle okay. of Helm's Deep is basically the filmmaking concept of Chekhov's gun writ large. <laughs> okay. So what I want from you, Jules, is like, how would you fix this? How would, what would you have done differently? Like in that if you were the director and controlling the pieces on the board, how would you would you have the different pirates battling on the sidelines? Or do you think how they did it was right? I think, for the most part, that what they did was right. Um, they had many, when we're talking purely cin- cinematically or cinematography-wise, uh, they had many contrasting shots, which allowed us to, the dynamic, just the dynamicism of that whole scene, like you say, was flipping fantastic. I feel like you were probably right, correct in saying that there was really no point for 90% of that whole movie. <laughs> um, and so they probably should have utilized that point a little bit better. Um, however, I don't feel like it was necessarily a setback. I feel like the fact that they definitely focused on, a, they had a focal point, actually probably worked in their favor. Because if there were too many things going on, you'd be like, oh, but what's happening on that boat? But also, what's happening on that boat? Where in, in this case, it's just one boat, or two boats in any case, and every, all this bullshit is just going on right here. And so you're thinking, well, you're okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't you say just a little bit earlier that there's a lot of crazy shit that's happening inside of this battle? And that, well, there is. And like, that that's the, ma- why the maelstrom and the boats, there's dudes swinging on, like, uh, what are they called? Uh, ropes, I suppose, vines. Uh, so isn't, yeah, that, isn't that contradictory, though? Because you just said... Now it's it's a good thing because there's less stuff happening and less things to focal, focus on. But that's what he was saying there is that um, if the other pirates were part of there, it would just add more to the chaoticness. Too much chaoticness. That was one of my critiques to uh, Endgame was that there was way too much happening that they couldn't get everyone to do their part. Like I commented about how Hulk was not really in the battle. But he was in that battle, but we didn't see him really punch or smash or do anything like that. So I'm more inclined to agree with Jules here, where having those other pirate ships battling in the background and only seeing, because A, I would feel robbed if they're having these battles and you're only hearing boom, and then explosions, but you're not really seeing the explosions happening. And you know they're happening out there, but it's not really adding much to the battle. So I, I, I agree with Jules at this stage. You see, sometimes minimalism is the way. I like it. Even though that there was nothing really minimal about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's a clear contradiction in what you're saying. You're saying less is better, but then you're telling me that the, the moreness about the battle is actually what's good. I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners can see the, the, the contrast and the juxtaposition and the dissonance between... Hey, don't you talk things. to the list, Don't talk to my listeners. I'm the host of this episode. I'd get to dictate Whoa. the judge here. Okay, okay. No, I'm joking. Um, but no, I, I, do, I do agree because like too much of one thing can be too much. Like even like in cooking, if you add too much of one spice, like the spice could be the best spice in the world and can make the best flavor. But if you start like pouring the, all the contents in there, it's also becoming the best spice because you put so much to becoming the worst spice. So I think there's a level, and I think Helmsdeep, Hel- the Battle of Helmsdeep does it well, where they had this big battle. But to be honest, having that, that many Yuriks, it was just kind of their way of saying, an excuse of saying, we have so many Yuriks, so if they kill so many, there's just going to be infinitely more behind them. So they kind of got away with the fact of like need to focus on certain people battling. And in a way, that's where... 
the battle between the smaller group can be sufficient to demonstrate the power and craziness of everything. Okay, now I want to go to my mystery question before I decide on my winner because this will basically you guys are so close together that it could be it could be swayed by this last question. And I would love to hear you guys brief, but eh, th- now knowing the different battles of everything in media. So don't focus on your two specific medias, but any battles in media. Knowing the outcome, so you can decide if you want to follow the losing team or the winning team, your choice. I want to hear, let's have you go first, Jules. I'm going to target you this time. I want to hear which battle would you like to be part of, knowing the outcome. So you can choose a winning side if you really want to. But is there a battle that like, you would rather, like personally, in Endgame, I would love to be part of the battle of Endgame, fighting along with Avengers. Because afterwards, if I was a survivor, hopefully I would survive, but there, there would probably be a very little chance of me surviving that situation. <laughs> I would at least be able to like meet my heroes of everything. But for I you... I suppose it is true, yeah. What would what would your ideal battle be, or what what battle media would you like to be part of? Mm, to be perfectly honest, I probably wouldn't be part of either of those uh, <laughs> because both of those end in death and demise. Although Endgame less so for the main characters. I mean, one person really sticks out there. Um, but if we're talking purely like for the thriller, for the fuck like the the thrill of things. I'd probably go with something from Star Wars. Huh. <laughs> One of those massive air battles where we're in space and like all this nonsense is happening and I'm flying. Honestly, I feel like if I were able to get into a simulator to be able to simulate at least certain aspects of these battles, that would be amazing. Oh, um, so true. But yeah, a lot of my... like, like I Actually, I would like to just point out that a lot of my evidence is actually rather anecdotal when I say that uh, a lot of my points are contradictory. And suppose if I were to give one main point that would not be contradictory, it would probably be that moderation is important. And so while I am saying that the worst, the, the lot, the allotness, quote unquote, is <laughs> the bad thing, and the fact that there is not enough allotness or smallness, we are, I, so, I we are such myself. academics. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, a lot of my, like he says, dissonance. I actually quite enjoy that word. But yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And you, Jotun. What would you say is what battle would you be like to be part of, and why? Oh wow, this is <laughs> such a hard question because I've given you like, so much people, time. Jules people, gave this whole thing. People, people, no, 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 but but I would say it's never good to be in a battle because people actually underestimate um, how vicious and like cruel battle and warfare actually is. Like, we like to think that, oh, I could be such a badass, you know. I could be at the Battle of Thermopylae from 300, and I could be doing, I could have all those slow-mo moments and be like <laughs> a guy with a 12, a 12 pack. Base. Yeah, basically a guy with a 12 pack cracking wise at, <laughs> at these Persians as well, saying I'll fight in the shade and laughing at these people as they look at me in like total confusion. How could I be enjoying this? when the odds are so against me. But the fact of the matter is, is we, we totally underestimate how brutal and painful and terrible warfare is. I mean, that's where a lot of the, like just the general vibes after the First World War came from as well. Like trench warfare was so terrible. It was people, you'd be lucky if you gained one foot or one meter in ground every day or every week. For the most part, it was just chemical warfare, people puking out their lungs and stuff because of mustard gas. The people who got shot were dying and rotting next to you in this muddy weather inside the trenches. And, okay, the First World War was particularly bad. Okay, um, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not talking about real world here. We're talking about media war. So media battles. But, and but, 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 but I, I, still, I, I agree with the fact that wars are horrible. But if you look at Avengers, if you look at pretty much all medias, the protagonist group generally aren't the ones instigating the war. That only becomes a war because it, it influences or affects giant species or it affects the universe or lives of many. Like the Avengers didn't do the war because, hey, we want to do fight. I think they would ro- all would have rather taken, hey, let's rather talk this out and come to a mutual agreement. But now in situations where you're protecting people, now, don't like 
we don't have much time left that's why i'm going to cut you short because i want to hear preferably if you can if you have a battle or war that you would be i part can give of. you on okay Great. i can give you on i would be one of the mindless drones in age of ultron ultron <laughs> because that's where that's where i get to kill people but i don't get to feel pain and when i do eventually get taken out then it's like it's it actually isn't a net loss to the world or anything like that so there's no like existential questions about my being or anything else like that either because i was just a mindless drone but i got to do my job and i got to kill some people and when you think about it when you think about it what is the point of war if you don't get to do that so at least i i got the job done to a certain extent i love that mindless drone in ultron's army yeah okay i love that answer and i can't oh man you guys have made me so split in my final decision uh, I'm not sure how the audience is going to take this. Uh, maybe the audience has a more clearer mindset. No, I'm going to say the audience is with me. <laughs> just because. Just I don't, I don't know why, just because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I were to put the perfect world, the Battle of Helm's Deep is always something very special for me. And I will not, I will never ever disagree that that battle is so iconic. And pretty much every time you see it, you're always going to be happy to see it. You're not going to be disappointed to see it. But that can also be said by the final battle between uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean. There's just so much chaotic fun that you just uh, you never bored or like expecting. You can't expect what's going to happen. And Helm's Deep gets you in a sense where you're so lost and you feel like, hey, there's literally no coming out of that ground. It's it's over. And then all of a sudden. Gandalf and his army comes over the hills and brings back the hope that you felt like there was none of it. But I enjoyed Pirates of the Caribbean, so in that sense, I would give the victor to Jules, in that sense. But in my mystery question, Jotun, you definitely knocked that out of the park. Such an unorthodox answer. I love it. It's been a mindless joan. Minimal consequences. <laughs> Except the consequences that I reap. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, but I love that. But yes, guys, unfortunately, an episode can only be so long. But we really hope you enjoyed listening to all our different ideas of the best media battles. Again, if you guys have your comments and suggestions, please share them with us. The best way to do that is through YouTube or Discord or Rumble. And feel free to. Give us a good rating on all those different platforms we also post on, like Stitcher, Apple Podcast. Uh, I've already mentioned Rumble, but Rumble is also one of them. Google Podcasts apparently is also one. And join us on our Discord. Our Discord description is, uh, you can join it through our descriptions in the YouTube videos, where you can also comment and like. Also, if you just type in Ramble Shamble, find us on Discord. Yes, we're on Discord. But again, guys, if you enjoyed this, then definitely listen to another episode there's a lot of different episodes there might be if you enjoyed this one there might be another one that you enjoy or feel free to mention those in the comments but there's another important part of those comments which is really vital for future episodes everybody we would like you to tell us what your answers to the questions would be what was your favorite answer from fiction or your favorite battle from fiction and in what battle would you guys also like to find yourself it can be a bit more of a conventional answer than i gave it can be something absolutely as off the wall as i gave although i feel that i had good reasons for choosing what i did we will choose our favorite one and have it as the topic of a ramble shrapnel episode where we take little bits and pieces from the main episodes and we talk about it it's it's our favorite answer from what you guys suggest and yeah We'll we'll give that one a go. And guys, nice. don't forget that we post every Thursday. And before we go, Jules, anything from your end? Anything you want to share with our very small audience, which will hopefully be growing soon? Uh, well, I would like to say thank you for hosting me as your as a gracious host. And I was a fantastic guest. I was very interactive and enthusiastic. So well done, me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it was very interesting to see all these points of view. I definitely, again, learned a lot. Uh, I am now convinced as Team uh, Eoten, 
definitely made sure that we know he is now a narcissist and we're still the audio the jury is still out on Mackie. But other than that, yeah, I'm I'm awesome. Thanks. And so am I. I'm also awesome. Thanks, guys. See you next time. <laughs>